0: Hi there, welcome to Finding Space with Alex Tyson. The show that celebrates the everyday legends who put in the hard work to become who they want to be and live the life they want to live. For people who understand that when we practice compassion and find wisdom within ourselves, we find success and happiness. Join me in hearing amazing stories from everyday individuals who have found incredible personal and professional growth through varied and, at times, wild methods of self-improvement and self-responsibility, and through their unique perspectives and work, have gone on to better the lives of those around them. From nurturing health to growing your wealth, or enjoying the present to crafting your future, no aspect of life is off-topic. And hey guys, just a quick note that we recorded this podcast before we rebranded our company from iHealth Saunas to found space. So if you hear any references of iHealth Saunas, that's why. Today, I'm talking with Daniel Stewart, Daniel Stewart is an ex-Port Adelaide AFL footballer and owner of four successful body fit gyms in Melbourne. Daniel suffered through hip and shoulder injury whilst attempting to succeed at Port Adelaide during an otherwise unsuccessful time in the club's history. Since leaving the AFL, Daniel has channeled his success mentality to build four body fit gyms around inner Melbourne where he works with his clients on how to train like professional athletes. This podcast uncovers an interesting side to the AFL that we don't often hear about and that I found fascinating to explore. And so I give you Daniel Stewart. So thanks for coming on, mate. That's, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to be doing this with you in this new space, which is kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I can't say I've ever had a podcast in a sauna. I've had a couple of saunas, but not um,
0: right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something a bit something a bit different, and it's it's nice. I think it's fitting also that we're in the biggest sauna that we've uh, one of the biggest saunas we've made ever. And uh, you're the biggest, tallest uh, podcast guest we've had. Very fitting. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah I'm usually that person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to get things kicked off, uh, what's the sweatiest you've ever been? Uh, the sweatiest I've been. So, I mentioned before, like it doesn't
1: take me much to get sweaty. But um, I mean, but, but I sweat so much because it's just working out. But if I look back... When, when I was playing footy, uh, we used to have a, a place in the gym, it's called a sweat box. So, this right. is where all the injured people went, or um, what we used to call the fat club. So, if you came back, <laughs> started pre season, you'd get your skin folds done. Okay. And if you weren't below a, a certain percentage, you're in the fat club. Oh, no. So, it was like the extra work that you had to do in there. So, we had like rowers, um, those Versa Climbers, bikes. And uh, those um those grinders those arm grinders you just sit and then you just pump the arms oh yeah so it was all those low impact sort of stuff but um, no aircon and it's just very small room and you just sweat your ass off so we used to call it the sweat box um, and uh, before preseason start if you you know you got in a fat club you'd be there every single day. doing an extra session so they're they're some of my sweatiest times I was in the fat club one year Uh, unfortunately I just had shoulder surgery and then I came and I was trying to put on weight but after just having shoulder surgery you're not doing much right so but I was still eating so I
0: learned a valuable lesson then (laughs) 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 I bet what's the percentage like they measure your skin folds is there like a percentage of body fat that if you're over you're in the fat club
1: yeah, so we did the calipers. Okay. So you did seven points. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it, it, a real- oh, I'm trying to think. I, I was around- I think the lowest I got maybe was l- mid-40s. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly the percentage of what that meant, but yeah. it was that was just the reading of what they gave you. Mm. Um, some players were ridiculous down like mid-30s, 30s. Mm. That's like- guys that had no fat on them whatsoever like 10% or something. Yeah, no no, nice. it's like 7%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like ridiculous. And then you and then you'd have, you know, the bigger guys um come from different cultural backgrounds, you know, and their genetics are, you know, prone to hold more fat, so right. um, you know, they could be up around the 60 high mid 65s. Yeah, so 65-70. Mm you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think the club probably wanted you, you know, no more than the mid-50s, Right, I think. It's a long time ago now, but... is mm. yeah. that always pre-season? Uh, it was during the year, but pre- it was very prevalent and we got tested a fair bit, you know, pre-season.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it's like? I've never competed at like professional level. Is it just kind of ruthless in that sense of like, Okay, you're fat. Okay, you just have to do all this extra work now, or you have you struggle in this area, so you just got to go and do all this extra work. Like, there's no question. That's just what you need to do.
1: Essentially, yeah, right. There was no, you know, what what was your excuse? Right. Do you know what I mean? If you were um, in your last game or the last time you got tested the year before, if you were, you know, fifty five, and then you come back at sixty five, hmm. what's your excuse? Right, you know, I'm um, not sure. You know, because if you're still eating well, and doing the the training that they provided, there's no there's no excuse for you to to be up around where where you are when you came back. So it's like, well, you know, you obviously weren't eating right, or you weren't, you know, doing all the training mm. that you were meant to be doing. Mm. And then they they can see from there because um, we do all our time trials, all our strength testing, you know. And if that's dropped dropped off massively as well,
0: you know. So yeah, you can't. Anywhere. Yeah,
1: they'll they'll hit you from everywhere.
0: Mm. Mm. <laughs> were there guys that were just savages, like just um, always low fat, super fit? Yeah, yeah. Go like ripped. my my business partner Matt,
1: he um he didn't do much weight training. He'd look he'd look at a pair of dumbbells and get massive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or the, uh, another guy like Brett Ebert, but he's exactly the exact same. You know, he had, they had like separate programs to all the other guys. Mm. You know, they were, they were like huge mesomorphs mm. um, and they, they they couldn't get too bulky. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to run as far, wouldn't be able to run as fast. Mm. So, they had the general strength and the, the muscle uh, on them to, to not have to, you know, max out on their bench presses and squats and stuff. They didn't have to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, but guys like me, um, yeah, they are all- really high metabolism guys would, would have to you know four times a week strength training yeah you know it would be like a huge priority how many calories were you eating a week or a day <sighs> no I never counted calories yeah. but it, it was a lot so for example for breakfast I'd have six wheat bix with milk and a banana on top with honey um, and then two pieces of toast and a liter of water <laughs> okay. that, was, that was my breakfast right yeah so good morning. Yeah, good morning. <laughs> I, I like I would have spent so much money on food when I was playing footy. Mm. So much money. Uh, Cuz I'm literally trying to stay the same weight. It's not like there was, you know, obviously trying to put on weight, but it was so hard to do during pre-season. You you could probably do it during the the season because you know, your volume's not up. You're just concentrating on playing games, right? Um that's all you're doing. You're recovering and and playing. Um but you don't want you don't want to put on weight when you're when you're playing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You want to stay the same. Um, otherwise, imagine just putting on a you know two or three kilo pack while you played footy. So an extra two or three kilos. You think about that for two hours. Mm. That's that's a lot of weight to carry around. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you want to be able to stay the same weight that uh, that you had uh, all the way up through preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: man, I, uh, at the start of the year, I went away and did a, a, a water fast mm. for 30 days and came back from that. I was five, uh, five and a half percent body fat and like no muscle. Yeah. <laughs> muscle was gone. <laughs> like glutes, goodbye. <laughs> right. And, um, it was like two months after being back, I put on a, uh, a friend bought me a weight vest. Yeah. I put on a weight vest and it had it was seven kilos. Right. And uh, I was like, oh, seven kilos, like it's not much. It's not much. I yeah. lost like 10. I can mm. walk around with seven kilos on, you know, no worries. Um, and I went for like a one and a half K walk. And by the end of it, I was knackered. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I'd put all this weight back on, back like, on which yeah. I no longer had the muscular system to support. Mm. Mm. I was buggered, man, like- all in my neck, like my traps, my lats, my legs, my knee joints were all just yeah. like really bugged after that walk. So I guess it would be a similar thing where if you've put on two, three kilos and you're running around for two hours nonstop, you're just lugging all this extra weight around. That's right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Might not feel much to start with, but then, yeah, you know, probably after the first quarter, you're like, oh, okay. You know. So,
0: um, when you were doing these sweat box things, were they yeah. was that in like a room? Was it extremely uncomfortable?
1: Uh yeah, it was just like a you'd call it like a, a dungeon. Like there wasn't wasn't much to it. It was yeah. just like a square box. Right. With rollers but mainly bikes. We did a lot of bike um, training and a couple of Versa climbers and those grinder things. Um and then that was it. And the and the and the um heart rate screen. Do you know what I mean? Because you had to to wear your heart rate monitors. Yeah. We did a fair bit of training through um, heart rate feedback. So, you had to be hitting certain percentages. And so, that was literally
0: it. And then just a bunch of dudes who are slightly overweight in a room with some testosterone flying around. Yeah. And then the injured guys. So, if you're injured, you can't do impact. You can't run. Do you know what I mean? Just come back from
1: surgery. (laughs) You know, you just had shoulder surgery. You can still jump on the bike and do an hour session on the bike. Yeah. You know, or legs, you can just jump on the ground or
0: whatever it is. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just all that, that low impact stuff. Sounds like the pain club more than the sweat. It, yeah. Pain, the fat club. Yeah. no, no. <laughs> And they
1: weren't easy <laughs> sessions. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The absolute grinds, especially when you're staying in the one spot and you can't look at anything, mm. you know. Mm. So, you close the door, sweat just pouring off you. Mm. um yeah it wasn't it wasn't fun but did you get out of the fat club eventually i got out of the fat club eventually yeah it was good (laughs) but i was i think i literally i swear to god it was two sessions a day i think i had to get i had to do in there wow until i was out of it Mm. yeah they weren't happy with me right i had a good finish to the year in 2010 yeah i was pretty happy with myself to be honest and i had to have shoulder surgery and uh and had that and and Went back to Melbourne back home and thought I was a bee's knees and, you know, oh, let's put on some weight and, and you know, wasn't eating great food and then came back and, you know, it was a, it was a mistake I learned, so. Right. But, you know, you've you got to make those things to, to learn.
0: It was footy your life back then? 100%.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um. Yeah, I, I did like some labouring work before I got drafted. Did some labouring work for uh, being a builder and, you know, but, but my main focus was trying to get drafted. Mm. That was it, mm. you know. So. And then you did. And then I did. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you barrack for port now? No, I don't even watch footy. Really? I Like, uh, uh, So that's wrong. I try and watch footy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if it's a good game, I'll probably watch the whole thing, but that's very rare. Um, I, I do try and watch games probably, like, once a week, and I'll watch a quarter. And I'm like, okay, let's change channel. Um, right.
0: This is boring. Does it bring back up stuff where you're just like, oh. Well,
1: um, sometimes. Like, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, I wish I was still playing, but then they go fairly quickly because hmm. um, when you look at the whole of it. it, it wasn't a nice time. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When you're not winning, the, the club's not great to be around. Right.
0: So, what's the energy like when you're actually not doing well, when the club's not doing well? It's shocking. Mm.
1: It's, yeah, absolutely shocked. Like, every single day, you know, you've got the coaches at you, you're having heaps of meetings, yeah, doing extra training because the coaches thought that's what you needed to do mm. because you weren't playing well. It was all. You know those types of things. It was, it, it wasn't great. But then when you when you won, you know, or unexpectedly won, and you, you're on a roll, it's amazing to be around mm. if you're playing, right? If you're not playing, yeah, and you're and you're trying to get in the team, even then, like it's so stressful. Yeah, it's
0: hard. What percentage of people who like want to play footy, play at, like a VFL or an SAFL level, actually end up playing in the AFL? <sighs>
1: good question i have no idea mm-hmm. yeah not sure probably be a small percent right probably a small yeah there would be a small percent yeah um but eventually you know you get to an age where if you, you it's not logical that you could get drafted there's very rarely that guys get drafted or or rookied usually if you're a little bit older mature age you may get ro- rookied into a club you know 25 26 if you i think there was um, Marlon pickett or something from richmond mm-hmm. A year or two ago, I think he was like 28, 29, I don't know, right. something like that. Yeah. And he played in the grand final, won it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he's he's rare. Yeah. He's very rare. Yeah. Um, I got when I was twenty. Mm. So I was a couple of years out of under eighteens where most players do get drafted. Um, until I got picked up and I still got picked up as a rookie. So I was a rookie for a year and then I, I got on the main list stuff for the first year. Mm. Yeah.
0: What was the stress like of like not knowing if you're going to be in the team on the team yeah it's it takes over
1: it's, it's your whole body it, your whole mind just is trying to get in the team and if you don't you just you just get disappointed and you start pointing fingers or you blame yourself and mm. do you know what I mean so and then again you then have to go back and play for the sample club and try and play well and mm. plead your case again mm. so and if you get drafted again if you you know if the clubs If the team's winning, well, then you're very rarely getting back in because they want to try and hold and keep the same team. Um,
0: But, yeah, we weren't winning much most Mm -hmm. of the
1: time. So, we were sort of
0: in and out. So, what was your mindset like? Uh, Because obviously, you had to get shoulder surgery, right? So, Mm. got that done. But for you, was it just like, okay, straight back into footy, got to get back, Uh, keep on moving, no slowing down?
1: yeah pretty much did i just press something
0: oh you press the bomb button mate <laughs> it's gonna explode yes, now so. no we're all good uh it's all good Not tomorrow oh. there we go happy days mm. yeah where well, you just like full focus you know because for a lot of people getting shoulder surgery or getting a hip replacement mm. it's like okay like do i need to reconsider a few things in my life right now do i yep. need to change anything up but for you- Oh, nah. It's like- I
1: could tell you some stories. Like, it's it's the norm to get surgery. Mm. It is the normal. Do you know what I mean? You just keep- You just literally keep playing, keep training until you break down. Right. You know, and and the doctors and physios will do everything they can just to get you up for the next game or mm. get you back training. Mm. You know, even I think it's probably changed now, maybe. But you know, even when I first started, yeah, it was just like get him in, get him in, just keep training. Where they backed off a little bit later on in the years when I was still there. You know, they took a little bit of precaution with certain um, certain players. But I had it's like I think almost five surgeries in five years or four surgeries. Okay. So I had like a couple on my hip and three on my shoulder. Is that above two, average, two, three, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it would be. I mean, guys would go along with probably not many surgeries. Maybe one in, mm. you know, guys play over ten years, so they might only have one surgery. But you know, for guys like me, that's that's probably the higher percentage. Mm. Some guys probably w- were worse than me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely the norm. It was like okay, like oh, you got surgery. No one was like blinking at anyone having surgery, right? You know, you're like you're talking to you and. You know, you'd be talking to players getting close to the end of the season and you're like, oh, you're getting surgery? Yeah, i just got to get on my hip. You're like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I cool. had numerous amounts of jabs. Yeah. I can't remember how many jabs I had. So many. Right. I was like sitting in the one preseason, and I was after my shoulder surgery because they tightened it too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started to get arthritis and pain, and it was it was it was starting to go downhill at that stage. Mm. And um, I uh, we were we were at the running track one morning, and the doctor pulled me into the van, the back of the van where I had all the footy boots, all the uh, the footies and everything that we stored and we took from the club and went over the running track and mm. you know did running and some skills there. Um. Pulled me into the van so no one could see so it didn't look dodgy. It was a, it was illegal. Like obviously you can, you know, jab someone. Right. But just so no one see, took me into the van and just I sat down into the van and he just went behind my shoulder and found the spot and what? jabbed me and I went back out and, you know, I was training. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was that was a little bit earlier, like probably there was probably worse stories than that before I got to port, but it slowly starting to change now I, I i think so but yeah that that's like you know people i tell people that and they're like what Are you seriously?" like yeah i just get jabs all the time that's crazy yeah halftime before games quarter time <laughs> just psh, jab get out right you need to finish a
0: game yeah we need you on the field and then you wonder why like all of those joints just go downhill exactly yeah yeah i'm, I'm immune to jabs now
1: Right, yeah, they just don't do anything.
0: What are they? Core, core zones? Corticosteroids. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I had some um, oh, Duralane, Duralane and Synvisc. Right. It's a um, it's a clear gel, and it acts as cartilage around the joint. So yeah, it's like a thicker, a th- real thick gel, clear. They they jab it into the joint, and it just forms and molds around the ball and sock. Um, mm-hmm. socket mm-hmm. and uh just makes it nice and smoother, it's really good for the arthritis and Oh
0: that's yeah. making me queasy.
1: Yeah, so that they, they actually um I think the sinvisc is from a chicken's head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> they pull what? it from the chicken's head or a rooster's head or something. Something like that. Something ridiculous. Clearly. Like rooster's yeah, head. So I thought, yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, of course you come up with that. I don't know. But it works. That's crazy. But now it doesn't. Right. Like, like after my third, after my third one, it didn't do anything anymore. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh, that makes me feel weird. Yeah. So, is that going on all the time? Yeah. 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 All the time. And I guess the focus is so strong on like footy,
1: <laughs> you yeah, not no, thinking about
0: hmm, what I'm actually doing to my body here.
1: Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You're, like- just, you're just wanting to win, wanting to play, you earn good money. Um. You know, you want to be the best. You want to be always playing. Because some guys, if you weren't at a, a certain um, pay level, like I was, I wasn't on a certain pay level. So, I'd get a certain amount of money. I was on like, I don't know, 90 or 100 grand. But then if I played a game, I'd get five grand. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, there's your incentive to play. Yeah. Two hours of footy and you get five grand. Yeah. So, if I, if I did... Play all the way through the year. I'd earn really good money. Do you know what I mean? Where other players, if you, I think it was like Paul was like, if you got over two hundred, um, you know, the, the 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 games weren't taken into consideration. Got it. Do you know what I mean? It was only yeah. a I don't know what it was, but yeah, um, yeah, it was only those. Like if you, they'd choose who they wanted to, you know, like we want this guy to play, sort of just needs a little bit more confidence or a little bit more drive. So, you'd incentivize him. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Mm. It sounds like really old school business. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> so political, so old school. Yeah. 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 It's like uh, I took over this business from uh, my parents and my dad, he'd run heaps of businesses and whatever. And just I just think back to like 10 years ago the way that he was running his businesses and it's like it's cringeworthy <laughs> you know what i mean nothing against him it's just how it was done yeah that's you right know? yeah all around like commission and you know just like bad culture no one's supporting anyone else yeah. just everyone's just sorting themselves out you mm-hmm. know it's just like i can't be around that yeah yeah, yeah. that's it's,
1: right it's toxic well you look at like when i first went there for, for example and this like as you said it's it's not just from footy. It actually carries on to all businesses. Mm. You know, it just shows the evolution of human beings and, um, you know, where we're trying to get to. Mm. When I first got to the footy club, we had, like, um, sheets on, on the wall for you put your name up for a massage. Right. Right? So, certain times, you know, we're in high demand. You'd put your name up on the, on the, on the sheet of paper with a certain mas- masseuse, you know what I mean? And uh, a, a better player or a, a player that's been there a lot longer, a little bit more high profile with you, will go up there, scribble your name out and put their name. <laughs> okay, no worries. You don't <laughs> say anything. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was so like unfair. Yeah. You know, it was like, nah, older players get to do this, old players get to do that. You know, where now, and as I was there for the five years, it slowly, okay, no, everyone's equal. Mm. everyone's got to say mm. everyone's allowed to feel the same way everyone's allowed to talk about their feelings and mm. you know do they certain things where it was it was just such a you know manly you know culture where mm. it was just it, it wasn't great and and then certain things like you know going out and partying mm. you know we used to go out and drinking all the time right. and Beers, you know? for game, yeah, beers after the game, yeah. Beers after the game, yeah. You know, you get your fire trucks, your vodka, um, your vodka sodas with a little bit of red cordial, <laughs> you know, two for ones at some pub in Adelaide, the it was in the city. You know, we just go all the time, right? All the time, right? But towards towards the end of my career, it was like, nah, you weren't, we weren't even, we made a pact that not, you weren't even allowed to drink in pre season. Mm. This is like just on the weekend, you wouldn't, no one's allowed to have anything. Mm. I got um, I got caught one time having one beer. I was driving, and I was going to see a a show at the Fringe Festival in Adelaide. Hmm. And uh, it was a comedy. It was a, a someone doing comedy, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll have a beer there." And um, while well, I sit and watch, anyway, I, at the club the next day. Um, Oh, it might not have been the next day, or maybe a week or two. Anyway, we we're sitting in the in the room in our little um, room where we do all our meetings and stuff. And uh, our coach at the time, Ken Hinckley, he's like, "Oh, so does anyone drink on the weekend?" And um, and I was like, oh, I was like, "Yeah, I'll put my hand up because I had one beer. Yeah. We well, weren't meant to be, right?" Um, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll put my hand up." <laughs> Or like another guy put his hand up too. Right. But it was more he found out about me because he was looking at on all these g- group chats. Okay. Like footy group chat, Port Adelaide footy group chats. Yeah. All these supporters go in and talk and have all these subjects and. Right. You know, one of the things was some some guy caught me drinking. Yeah. Um, at the Fringe Festival, like what? How's that? A, that's such a bad look for the club. Oh my gosh. You know, he's meant to be training. Blah blah right. blah. Right. Coach has seen that. And then yeah wanted to see if I was going to do it or uh, like bring it up or not so I put my hand up but the other bloke poor Oh <laughs> god <laughs> himself in. <laughs> he didn't even know so <laughs> and um what happened? Uh, I probably just got to work out punishment or something I can't really remember
0: In the fat club for a week, maybe. No, maybe a fat (laughs) club for a week. I don't know.
1: But, you know, and that's where it changed. And that was my last year, 2013, where you look back in 2009 where I got picked up and I had my first year, it was like there was no drinking rules. Mm. After games, Mm. you know, you can – if we went away and and played in Melbourne or went away and played somewhere, the the guys would go out and drink at a nightclub, you know, have a spot. Right. That – cornered off in the nightclub like you don't get that anymore no way
0: yeah you know i mean i think there's there's a place for balance between both Mm. you know where i certainly know like everything i'm doing in my life now is i'm trying to be as good as i can at everything yeah at at business in my own personal health in my relationships and so i i see Alcohol most of the time is something that I don't want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's going to yeah. hinder me doing those things well. That's right. But then there's a balance between like sometimes you just got to blow some fucking steam off. That's right. Right? Yeah. And I imagine as footy players when it's like footy, right, and men and blokes and rough and yeah. and all that sort of thing, like that's a part of it, like from a psychological aspect. Yeah. You want to be able to just have a Switch off. And switch off. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, 100%. Disconnect from the game for five minutes before you get your next court. Exactly. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> right? All <laughs> <laughs> right, I've had my beer, exactly right? me up. <laughs> Let's go,
1: you know? Oh, you're right, mate. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not, you know, they're not any different to any other human being. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. They're just in a, a high-pressure environment. Mm. Um and sometimes that can make it worse. You know, you hear the stories on the news about them going doing stupid stuff, and right. they're in high pressure environments, and yeah, they will go and do something that's a little bit more out in the ordinary. Where you know, you and I do it, it's you know, yeah, no one blinks an eyelid, or it doesn't get out there. No one really cares, but mm. if, if it gets out there from them, it's a big issue. Mm. You know.
0: I think that's part of the reason why um, you, like the really successful guys like the Gary Ablett's or... Um, God, I'm going to test my footy knowledge here. Yeah, here we um, go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, um, there's another guy I'm thinking of, Bontempele. You know, Bontempele, he's obviously yeah. a younger guy. Mm. Um, but you see guys like that whether they're really seasoned or not and you can tell that they get that it's a professional career yeah. and they're dedicated mm. to doing it like to the highest level. Yeah. You know, so... Um, but for a lot of people, it's not like that in their head. It's like, I just want to play footy. Yeah. I just want to do the thing. Yeah. Um, and just playing footy is the goal instead of like being an absolute master at it and being yeah. someone that everyone likes and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually like to see when the, when there's guys like younger guys like Bontempelli coming up and they are so professional and they just understand like mm. the whole game, like the game, but then everything outside everything of the game. Outside, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of good to see, but yeah, sometimes you just got to have a beer, man. Yeah, I know. Takes your edge off.
1: Well, he just he, like some. Everyone's different, you know. He looked like Dane Swan. Yeah, he was a guy that just naturally got the footy. Yeah, you know, and whether he was one of the slowest guys at the club, unfittest, you know. Yeah. He just got the footy, but then you look at, you know, someone like Kane Corns or a Warren Tregua. I'm just for Port Adelaide perspective. You know, those guys were the ultimate professionals mm. and like just did everything by the book. Right. T- and they had to do that to be the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where, you know, Dane Swan would just naturally get the footy. Right. Or Ben Cousins. Ben Cousins. Right. You know, Dustin Martin. But he, I, I, I think Dustin Martin works hard. Mm. Um, but he's just got that natural ability and just um, like
0: phew, unbelievable. Mm.
1: It's crazy.
0: So, have you fallen out of love with footy now then?
1: Yeah, I have a bit. Mm. Yeah. I just don't I, don't... I don't know. Like, I just finished with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just find other interests and um, I, I, I can't really... Like, I was a little bit bitter when I left. There was a few things that were said and, um, you know, just how it went about. So, I was a... I, I was a uh, fairly bitter about the whole situation but I understood it as well my body was absolutely stuffed mm. and I was still training every single session um I couldn't bend over to pick up a footy because my hip was absolutely cooked mm. and uh and my shoulder I couldn't I couldn't lift my shoulder just I could lift my shoulder just above my head to take a mark right you know I and mean? that's right I had a little bit more range than that probably yeah on my right side so I knew I was done mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately it, it ended that way, but that's the way it is. Like I, I probably wouldn't be the person I am now mm. if I didn't go through all that shit stuff. You wouldn't you know, be. For, nah. You definitely wouldn't. Nah. Be. I had, like, I had a, um, a performance coach, sort of life coach going into my last year. Cause I knew that like I, I had some mental issues and, you know, I was always fighting against I always cared, gave a fuck about what other people thought and, you know, it was a constant battle in my head uh, to to be really good and to always be consistent and not listen to anyone and, you know, try and get that confidence and know that I'm better than that person I'm playing against. It was always a constant battle. Um, so, you know, I, I got a life coach um, and uh, he helped me out throughout my last year. It was probably... Probably a little bit too late mm. for me, because um, I was a little, I was f- I was fairly back. You know what I mean. So it took time for me to really understand my emotions and thoughts and mm. and feelings to really get a grasp of actually. Okay, who am I? What I want to stand for? You know, and what am I going to allow that to affect me or not? Mm. So. Um, and it only took, you know, after after footy for me to realise, mm. you know. But it was a, it was a slow pro- progress and a like little goals he'd give me um, throughout the year. It was just it was probably, it was just a little bit too late. Right. It was probably already yeah. I was still even bitter in my last year still playing. How old were you then? Uh, twenty five. Yeah, it's twenty five then.
0: I think a lot of twenty five year old blokes are trying to figure out what what they're here to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. Mm. So so then you left footy and then that was like a bit of a dark patch.
1: Yeah. yeah. So um we look at, like if I look back at during footy what I had, I had footy which what I always wanted to do. Um so it was footy, but it was it was also a job. Mm. Um I had a, I had a girlfriend. I had pretty much everything i was earning good money um and then i left footy um i moved back to melbourne so it was a different state to what i was used to even though like my family's there Mm. and you know melbourne's essentially my home i haven't been there for seven years i hadn't been back there living you know i moved back in my parents i had no job i just had surgery i had surgery on my hip and i had surgery on my shoulder um and, uh, and I was single. Right. And I was like, you know, what what now? Mm. You know, I couldn't do anything. I was sitting at home, nothing. And then that's when your brain just starts going, yeah. you know, have all those bad moments. And, um, I'm sure you relived a bunch
0: of them. A yeah. Bunch of times. Yeah.
1: Um, and then, yeah, but one day I, um, uh, rang up my mum during the day and I just, said, I can't do this. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they knew I was struggling, but um, that was the point where it's like, okay, when you ring your mum during the day when she's working, you say, you can't do this, bawling your eyes out. Right. You know, there's a huge issue. So, um, she rang my brother. My brother came straight over. Um, and I was like, I was smoking at that stage. Right. Drinking, smoking. I was like, um, but I was also training. I was training like two or three times a day. Because um, wow. I recovered from my surgeries, and I was I was running every single day, and I was doing weights every single day. Because that was that's what kept my brain moving. Mm. As soon as I stopped training, I had nothing else to think about. Um, so I was really fit as well, but I was also smoking and <laughs> drinking a lot. Um, so it was it was a crazy crazy time. Um, my mum came over, and then and then you know I went and saw the doctor. That that. Afternoon or the next day, he put me on medication, um, and uh, and it sort of just slowly progressed and got better from there. To be honest, mm. it, yeah, yeah, the the medication helped, but it was the start of it was me, you know, saying calling my mum and saying I can't do this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. like I used to break down in front of mum and dad and do all these things, but uh, like we never used to, s- we never spoke about the depression. Yeah. They were just there supporting me and you know what I mean? But yeah. you actually need to physically talk about it to then move on from it. To release I believe, it. To release it as well because it's all just built up. Yeah. So, and then, you know, for them as well, they wanted to keep talking about because they're like, okay, this is a serious issue now. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I slowly got off the medication and, um, yeah, got my life back on track and... Um, you know, and then I was still thinking about learning I, I still learnt a lot from my life coach, um, that I still take from now. But I had to I think I had to hit my lowest to then move forward. Do you know what I mean? Where I was still sorting that I was still caught in that or oh, no, nah, I'm okay hmm. but I'm not okay, sort of stage. Hmm. Where it's like, nah, just like you just need to hit rock bottom yeah. to then go
0: back up. Right. Do you it's, know what I mean? It's like uh, you're okay, but you're not okay. It's kind of like you're in denial a bit. Yeah,
1: like- and you fight, you're constantly fighting because you'll have a good day or you'll have a good morning yeah. and then you'd have a terrible night. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I'd, I'd never slept. I was taking um, Endone to put me to sleep. Wow. Yeah, because I had Endone from the surgery. <laughs> right. I, just got it. I just got it all just, you know, extra scripts and stuff. And yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd take Endone to get two or three
0: hours sleep. Because wow. I, I didn't sleep at night. Were you t- was your mind just running?
1: Mind's running. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Like, how long was that period
1: that was happening? Um, it was probably two or three months. Yeah. Yeah, two or three months. That's where heavy, it was man. really bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then wake up in the morning. Probably coffees. You know.
1: Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Coffees. Um, gym or run. Mm. Back home. Um, contemplate life. Contemplate life. <laughs> um, you know, think about what am I going to do. Um, and then, Jim will run again. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was, so, I was fucking fit.
0: I bet you were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you know, it was you back to run my memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that that actually ultimately um, I really stuffed my hip up because I was running so much. Mm. I was building up to this 12K run that I was going to do for charity. Mm. And um, I got to, I was just building up and I did 8K. I did 8K like fairly quickly. Yeah. And um, I got home, walked up the driveway and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh. I just started limping and I'm like, oh, my hip's not good. Oh, Something's shit. wrong. I never barely ran since. Right. Yeah. And then I was actually, I was training, training your sister. Yeah. Um, and I just remember at certain stage, and this is a while ago like further on now because it was it got worse and I stopped running and it was okay a little bit but it slowly got worse um I can't remember what year it was, 2015 maybe and then I remember when I said it's funny because I remember I used to training sister I used to bend down to pick up the Olympic plates I actually couldn't bend down to pick up the plates like my hip would get stuck and I'd get this
0: huge pain oh, so did you have to hinge from the hips or something
1: no no it made it worse so I had to like squat squat so I didn't like oh. flex through my um, uh, hips as much right um, so you're
0: literally picking up the the plate and you're like okay I'm gonna pick that up
1: yeah yeah just trying to <laughs> right yeah and not like probably more use my back yeah to pick it up, and then I, like i couldn't I couldn't put on my socks, and I remember there was a few times there where I had to get my mum to pull me off the um, couch
0: yeah right. I couldn't
1: get I couldn't like if I was here <laughs> and I leant forward to then come up I'd, I'd get stuck and there's just oh. excruciating pain I'm like I actually can't get up so I'd grab my um, mum's hand to pull me up right yeah. And then when when you start doing those things and you have to get other people to hmm. help you out, you're probably you're like, okay, <laughs> let's do something about this. Right, so, right. Yeah, I went and, I went and saw a, a hip surgeon, Justin Laid, Um yeah. and he's like, yeah, you know, you, you need it. It's up to you how long you want to keep pushing through the pain, but you need a replacement. Yeah. So, so did you get the, did.
0: what did you get replaced? The whole ball and socket. Yeah. Yeah on yeah. one side on one side yeah yeah on my left side yeah yeah. how I do you need... go lunging with that now can you well it's right? beautiful yeah my hip
1: replacement's beautiful yeah yeah nice um, my other hip's starting to like go now yeah okay I can feel that a little bit um, my right shoulder needs the replacement but I'm just trying to hold on to that as long as possible but yeah because yeah. you know they're difficult they're difficult to do and um,
0: they're a little bit longer recovery mm um i've heard some pretty um amazing stories of people doing extended fasts and helping with like ruined joints oh really yeah yeah right just because it's a complete state of rest yeah yeah, yeah, and and your body goes into repair mode hardcore got you yeah Um, right yeah people who need shoulder replacements fast for 21 days and come out at the other end and don't need one kind of thing yeah right significant yeah yeah interesting
1: yeah, we'll have a look at that.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. Maybe we should talk. <laughs>
1: oh, I don't about that. reckon I could do that, man.
0: <laughs> Jesus, I can't go two hours without eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to feel the same way, and then um, over time, yeah, you realise you can mm. definitely can. Yeah. And for some people, like some people really don't want to get surgery or something, you know. Yeah. Whether it's for a joint or for cancer and these yeah. really nasty things, um, or. Skin issues, you mm. name it. Um, fasting can, can really help. Yep. So the body's actually programmed to heal. Heal. You know? That's right. It yeah. knows what to do. Yeah. Um, that's right. It creates its own stem cells to repair yep. and do all these things, but but it's commitment. Yeah. Not only for twenty one <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. I've committed a lot in my time, but <laughs> <laughs> what was it like when you when you rang your mum and you, you said like I'm I'm done, like I need mm. help. Was it really that kind of release at that point, where you were like, oh, "Finally, like I've accepted, I'm not in a good place, and mm. it's time to do something about it"? Because I I know energetically in those moments that they can actually be really significant. Yeah, you know where you just you've been kind of trying to figure this thing out, mm. and then finally, for us, especially us blokes, yeah, to yeah, admit yeah, yeah. I need help and I can't, I need someone else to help me. Yeah. Um, that's a really big thing, absolutely. Um, and I imagine that after that, it seems like that's when things started to turn around.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was. It probably didn't happen straight away because mm. um, I was feeling like just so much pain. Um, it probably happened probably two or three days after I saw the doctor. Yeah, you know, and it, I, I I could see where, like, when you're in depression, you can't you can't see the end. Or you can't see beyond. You just see. You're just looking at how you feel right then and there, and the past. Mm. Um, where two, three days after the doctor, like I had um, belief that there was going to be an end. Uh, sorry, like I could see the future and I could get out of this. Where when you're in that depression and you're in that state, you can't. You can't see that at all. Right. So all you're seeing is right then and there, and how you're feeling, and that's why. That's why people. You know commit suicide because they can't they can't see any future can't see themselves getting better no path forward no path forward whatsoever yeah and then that's you know where that's what happens but if you can if you can see it and you can feel yourself getting better and know that you know if you get through this this is you know this is how you're gonna feel you know yeah that's that's when it you know can start to turn for you
0: and how long after that was it when Jimmy Squats started becoming a thing.
1: Jimmy Squats was um, 2016. We opened, mid 2016 in July. So coming on almost four years now. Mm. But we we had talks end of 2015 around October November mm. about it all. Um, and and then it took us it took us a fair while, like you know. Three to four months to, to find a studio or a site to to open it up. Um, so it was um, a year and a half, over a year and a half after it after all. A year. Yeah, yeah. So I like I I was doing some building design. Yeah. Um, I was studying that, and I was studying my PT. I finished the PT like. Fairly, fairly quickly, and then was concentrating on the building design, and then I was like okay let's let's start do some one on one stuff and small group training, so I started that in the back of the parents um, out the undercover area yeah um, and um, and then yeah, went away with my with my wife, my wife now, but was girlfriend um, overseas. Mm. To, to Europe and um, and they came back and and got talking to Cam Falloon, who's the CEO founder of, of Body Fit Training Jimmy Squats if yeah. you want to court um, and he came to yeah m- my business partner and I met at uh, when, the October November 2015 with the idea um, and said guys we want you to open up the first few or whatever one and let's let's try and see I think this this has got some legs. Mm. We saw the we saw the gap between the CrossFit and the F forty five that strength and conditioning bringing some of the the workouts and the low impact stuff that we used to do in footy with the heart rate systems and so forth and bring it to the general public. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then find that okay, you want to train like an athlete. Mm. This is you know where where for you. Yeah, you know, so that all round fitness functional fitness level. Yeah. That, you know, not only are you going to be strong, but you're going to be super, you know, cardio fit. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where we were like, oh, yeah, there's a gap in the market. Well, Cam thought it and then he came to us. Yeah. So, yeah, we opened it up, went really well. It was an absolute grind and, you know, it, it's evolved since mm-hmm. when we first started. It was, mm-hmm. it was called Jimmy Squats. We had maybe six, six programs. We've now got 12 programs now um you know taking some programs out added more in you know just evolved it over time made it better put more equipment in um changed types of
0: programs slightly and you know it's
1: turned into what it is
0: yeah yeah do you see uh the world a bit differently now that you're in business owner mode compared with like footy player mode where you were kind of like the product when you're a footy player yeah, whereas yeah, now yeah. you're Creating the product, and yeah. Distributing it.
1: Um, I still feel like I do. I do get heavily involved. If I get real passionate about something, it's like you know I'm really focused on it. So mm. hence why I think why my business partner and I are very successful um, because we do that have that f- um, passion and determination and focus. Mm. You know, to b- always be better. Mm. We're never happy. You know, where that when the gyms are absolutely flying. Mm. We're still thinking. How can we get better? <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. Business owner mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's right. Um, I we never never lost it. Um, I I think I've just I've just grown as a person, and um, you know, just look at things differently now. Mm. Um, not take things in the heart. Don't give a fuck about what people think. Mm. Um, and then you know that just helps.
0: I think that's actually when you do your best work.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah.
0: When you start like just expressing yourself more through your business and, mm. and yeah, caring a little bit less. You actually care more yep. <laughs> about your clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't take so many things to heart. That's right. Exactly. It frees you mm. to, to just look at the business as a business. Yeah. I certainly know that's true from my perspective. Yeah. When I started running this thing, it was like, every little thing i cared so much i was like oh my god that person's got a really small problem but i care so much i want him to love it <laughs> and i still have that now but it's being able to sort of separate a little bit and yeah. it actually allows you to be a better business and actually add more value to your mm. clients that's you know, right so stuck with all the little things yeah. all the time
1: but it's, it's it's the same you know you make mistakes and if you can learn from them mm. you'll just you'll just grow As you said, you know, you just got more knowledge now, so that person's got a problem. You just approach it a little bit more differently. Mm. Same thing as footy, like, you know, you make mistakes, you learn, as long as you're continually growing. Mm. I know when I'm feeling really good just personally myself, because, you know, everyone has ups and downs and feeling shit for a day or, you know, feeling better on a better day. When you feel like you get in the zone, I don't know if you feel the same thing. You're in the zone, you're feeling really good, everything's happening Mm. outside of your life. You're still working the same amount. And the energy you're putting in is the same uh, if you look at both sides. Mm. But when you're feeling really good, things just naturally just happen and (laughs) you're, you know, you're just like, what? I'm on a roll here. Do you know what I mean? Same thing as footy. I felt the same thing. You're just on a roll and you're like, just everything's just working. Mm. Everyone just falls into place. Yeah. But then there's the other stage where it's like you're working the same amount or even harder, but- you know, things aren't going as well in your life, you know, you got, and you just don't feel as good and things don't click. It's like, you know, it's, and it's like, why isn't it working? Mm. I'm working the same or even harder. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing all these things. What's happening? Yeah. You know, I do sometimes you feel There's that?
0: like some resistance there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it sometimes you're just like in flow. Mm. Uh, it's why, it's why I always. I always put health first yeah. because I find if if you look after the physical body, this beautiful thing we've been gifted, <laughs> right, and and you honour it, um, you feel better. Mm. Your mind is in a better place, mm. right, and I feel like when you do that, you're just things just happen for you more. Yeah, you know. That's why I always, I always prioritise looking after myself and my mental health and everything that is health, which isn't just the physical. Physical, yeah. 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 And, and from that, then I feel things happen for me more regularly yeah. instead of everything seeming like it's getting in the way. Yeah, in the way. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, you definitely still have those days yeah. where you're like – Ah, uh, not much has gone right today. <laughs> right. Oh, but, this week's been shit. <laughs> right, right. I mean, the last two months for you, I imagine, have been somewhat a bit like that given COVID-19 and everything like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's been a struggle. Um, to be honest, personally, I've, I've quite enjoyed just the... the um, taking a bit of time off. Yeah. Um, and relaxing a bit. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it's, ta- it's a bit of a scary time, scary time because um, I'm not, I am not, wasn't too much scared going into COVID. Mm. It's just what what was the world going to be like after it? Mm. How affected was everyone going to be? And, you know, because we're always worried about like, when you've been in the industry for years, a, a lot of the time, a lot of people's thinking, which is unfortunate, but if if you lose money or you lose your job or- you're not you're not saving as much money. Your first thing to go is your gym membership. Yeah, you know. And if you're paying that higher price bracket, so it's not just a, you know, twenty four hour paid ten or fifteen bucks a week mm. and go do your own. Where you know, really fifty five, sixty five dollars a week. Mm. You know, people see that coming out of their bank account all the time, and they're like, well, "What do I need this for? I'll just yeah. go. Get, I'll just go do my own thing, or yeah. I just won't worry about my physical health for the next two or three months because we have got a lot on at work." Right. Um, and I need to save a lot more money. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, that's probably what I'm most... What, like, I don't know what I'm going to go into mm. in a week and a half when we reopen. Mm. How many people are going to be able to pay $60, 60 $65 a week again? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Shit. It's a scary time.
0: I think I think something has shifted, though, in that at the start of COVID, uh, we, we were busy. Like, we, mm. we were quite busy because... Again, it comes back. My priorities in life are one: look after myself yeah. first. Yeah, because if I don't do that, I can't do shit. Yeah, <laughs> I can't right. help yeah, anyone yeah, else. I think right. clearly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. but for right. a lot of people, it's like look after yourself is like fourth or fifth priority. Yeah, right. Work isn't number one priority or kids or yeah. whatever else, and so that's why oftentimes that's what happens, you know, mm. when people lose their job or something, first thing to go gym membership or yep. I'm not going to buy organic for a while. I'm going to go back to Coles. Yeah. <laughs> Sever's cat, right? Um, but something certainly shifted when people started being at home more mm. that I noticed where they were actually saying, well, partly because I'm at home, but partly because I want to be healthy right now because yeah. everyone's getting sick, sick, right? And so it was almost like, People started to prioritize their health more. It's like it went up a few mm. ladders. Ladders. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. It's a great and, point. Yeah, and so I think mm. I think potentially. I mean, we don't know. We won't know until gyms go back. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that sticks with people. Yeah. And they understand or they've learnt that um, actually looking after my health is the priority. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about that. GoPro number two has failed. See, ya. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm hoping that they that they continue to prioritize their health in that way and see that actually looking after and maintaining the physical body is like kind of critical. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Especially maintaining it to a point of like being an athlete is actually a beautiful thing Mm. because when you do that, everything runs better. That's right. You know, it's like we have this one vehicle to take us through this lifetime. Yeah. Uh, it's better when the vehicle runs well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of always needing to go in for a service because yeah. the review mirror's fallen off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. Or, or the engine's not working properly. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that that is kind of the sentiment in a lot of people's minds coming out of COVID, like understanding actually if I really look after myself, then perhaps I don't need to worry about some of these things in the media so much. Yeah. Because I'm supporting my immunity, I'm supporting yeah. my physical health, I'm putting in good food, and therefore I'm looking after myself Yeah. instead of oh, I've lost my job, I've got no money, I've got to cancel all my gym memberships, I'm not going to eat well, mm. I'm going to start eating Maccas and it's just like the total other avenue, Yeah. you know. Yeah. So, I'm hoping for your sake and hope for every other man. gym owner's yeah. <laughs> sake in Australia <laughs> and in the world that um, that, that happens. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, same. Because certainly from my experience, I when I came out of my fast, I... I was. I had no muscle, like I said. Mm. Like, dude, I I remember three days after starting to refeed, I was like, I'm feeling good today. Like, I started to get a bit of energy back. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna like do a set of squats. Like, I'm gonna do like five, right? <laughs> and I I, I I go into my first squat, and I'm like, oh, I can't get out of this squat. Wow. Like there was there was nothing. Yeah. Right. And so coming out of my fast, I was like. I'm not ready to go back to a PT yet, mm, yeah, because I can't do anything. Yeah, you know, walking is a challenge. Challenge, yeah. <laughs> walking five yeah, yeah, k's yeah. is like hard work. You know? Yeah, yeah. So then, so then I was kind of doing my own thing for a while, but then it got to the point where it's like I just need to be held accountable yeah. <laughs> now to actually put the work in mm. and going to like a a um, a body fit or I used to do um, go to a CrossFit, CrossFit box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then you have that accountability like you're paying for it, go and use it. Mm. You'll actually get the results that you want. That's right. Instead of thinking that you'll do it from home all the time. Yeah. Because the human brain, the monkey brain will kick in and you say, oh, I've got all the workout gear out there now, but mm. this TV show is pretty good. Good, exactly.
1: Yeah. You're, people understand, Like they understand that your brain will do everything possible to not get you to you know, do a workout or do that certain thing that you know that's going to be challenging. Right. You know, it'll, it'll start producing whatever, um, you know, excuse under the sun. Mm. And, that, and then if you even get to doing the workout, even then <laughs> your brain's still fighting with you. Nah, don't worry about doing an extra set. Don't do about, oh, nah, don't go up in weight. Right, you know what I mean. So you yeah. constantly fight. Like I do it as well. Sometimes like I'm just constantly fighting my brain. Sometimes when I work out, yeah, I'm like, no, I'll just wait a little bit longer till I do my next set. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> even if you get to the workout, you're still, yeah, you're still, you know, at times challenging yourself and fighting with your brain to, you know, do the whole thing. Yeah. So I think
0: that's why physical work. I'm gonna give us a few more minutes here, mate. Yeah, go. <laughs> Um I th- I think that's why physical work is such a critical part of health and wellness as well. Mm. Because it's you eh, like all of the all of the trials and tribulations of uh of life are condensed into a workout. Mm. Into like say you're doing like a, a thirty minute at fairly high intensity, like your workouts at Body yeah. Fit, yeah. which are basically just like I wanna die the whole yeah. time. right? <laughs> <laughs> but what you go through in that time is actually you go through commitment, right? Okay, right. I'm committed. I'm doing mm. a workout. Great. Mm. And then you start it and you're like, okay, I'm taking action now, right? Yeah. And you, and then 15 minutes in and you're like, this is really bloody hard, yeah. right? And yeah. it's the suck arrives yeah. and you're just in that. And then you're in your mind, I want to quit. Yeah. I don't want to do this. This is too hard. No, no, I can't do it. And then you push through that and then you finish the workout And then you get that satisfaction, like you've achieved something, you know what I mean? And like if you stretch that out, like that sequence of events over a year, Mm. right, that's what you go through in life if you're in business or in relationship, you know, whenever you commit to something. And so, when you do that in a physical sense in such a short period of time, you get used to that process That's right. of like commitment, doing it, gets hard, get through it, success. Success, exactly. That's why I think physical work is so- Important to do. Yeah. Because you learn that. You learn process. that, yeah. Mate. I couldn't I couldn't have said that any better myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 I was wondering how you're gonna finish it. I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. I see <laughs> where he's going to You do. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: I can see that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that being said, doing some of your workouts sometimes is uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, well. That's yeah, they're they're supposed to be. We have we have a good balance, but yeah, they're they're meant to push you and as you mentioned, like you constantly um have those challenges throughout the workout where we feel like when you come to us the workouts already there. There's yeah. you know, there's people around you, they're doing the same thing. You saw it makes it easier to commit mm. to that workout. Right. Do you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, I don't want to give up because that person next to me is still working or hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think that, you know, a lot of people I always talk to people and they're like, I just love it here because I know that I just go to work, it's a real high stressful job and I don't have to think about during the day about oh, what am I gonna do today? Like what, what workout am I gonna do? I have to do like I, I can just go to body fit training or BFT and do their workout and I know I'm gonna get a good workout and it's good for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Get good trainers. Um, it's a release. Got really good people that go there. So, you know, it's really sociable. It's a nice community. So, you get a bit of everything, you know. For a lot of people, it's their outlet, you know, because they could be having the terrible days at work, you know. They hate their, their life at home or whatever it is. But when they come to us, mm. you know, we make them feel good. They get a good workout, you know. It's their release. Good
0: vibes. Yeah, really good vibes. Yeah. So... So, what are you doing in your? What's your workout regime at the moment? Um, I'm taking up a little bit of running, to be honest,
1: um, <laughs> but not much. Learnt your lesson? <laughs> no, I haven't learnt my lesson. <laughs> but I'm actually trying to help one of my friends um, set some goals. So, I, I'm just going. I'm just running with him three times a week. Mm. Um, other than that, just just strength training. So, I'll I'll do like just a strength day, mm. um, just our basic compound movements. Um, squats, lunges, bench, deads, mm. um, rows, and uh, and then my other strength days will be hypertrophy or strength endurance, so a lot of weights, high volume, mm. um, fat more, club kind of stuff, yeah, fat club, you know, um, a lot more calories, per <laughs> <laughs> just those accessory movements, yeah, and um, and then I'll do, then I'll probably do like a mixture. A mixture of strength. Um, I try and just yeah. I, I try and stick to the strength, the hypertrophy, the running cardio. I do a lot of boxing. Mm. I'm lucky. I'm lucky, very lucky to to be able to still throw a punch with my right arm because I can't. It's all overhead. Mm. Um, sometimes if I do box too much, it does my shoulder does ache. But I know it's not. It's not getting any worse. So I know that I'm still able to box and and not get any worse and I'm like it it is boxing's my release for me um so I, I really
0: enjoy that you'd be deadly in the boxing ring I imagine your reach is
1: my reach is good yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I've got some good power yeah. um I think if if I committed
1: to it and uh, did training I'd love to to get in the ring mm. um back what, to the quarter have, zone shots mate yeah back to the quarter 49. zone shots Hopefully, they'll work for me this time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I've still got that competitiveness in me. So, it's always like, or like, you know, you're yeah. wanting to, you know, you still got that feeling like I did back in footy. So, it's still there a little bit. But I know, I don't know, you've got more important things to worry about now in business and, and stuff. And if I took away my focus, you know, it might not, the business
0: might not go as well. So, mm. um, but it's definitely my release. I think that's actually a beautiful thing about business. Though, mm. Is that it's an intellectual sport, yeah. And you have that that competitiveness, you know, yeah. that nature that's about right. you, which is why you guys have been so successful. Yeah, <laughs> correct. You got to have that. You kind of got to want to win mm. a little bit, you know. Yeah. Whether that's ego driven or not, <laughs> it's <laughs> nice to win in business and in life, and you know, it's good to have success. Yeah, you know, and to bring that in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. And what's your sleep like nowadays? Uh,
1: at the moment, yeah, I'm sleeping like a log. Yeah. Um, from about nine thirty to well, before I started doing the outdoor sessions, we were doing. We can now do outdoor sessions. I was getting up at probably like seven. Yeah. So nine thirty to seven. So that's it's like good. Ten and a half. You know, ten and a half hours sleep. Um outdoor session I'm trying to get up a little bit earlier now just to start getting back into routine because once I have to get up at um, quarter past four it will just hit me like a train the first week mm. so I'm going to I've slowly taken them back I get up about 5.50 when I'm going to do some outdoor classes mm. uh, we start at seven so I'll get up at 5.50 have some breakfast and mm. head on out you going um, to bed earlier no nah, I'll go to bed still 9.30 yeah um, I still feel okay during the day like I'll probably I'd nap almost every day when I was the businesses are, running, are churning and, yeah. you know, working really hard. I'd have a 15, 20-minute nap probably every day yeah. just to get through. Um, when we are open and the business is churning, i probably go to bed at – hop into bed at 9, 9.30. You know, I'll, I'll fall asleep fairly quickly, but then I'll get up at quarter past four. So, you know, that's six and a half hours mm. I get when I'm, uh, when I'm in full – you know, full work, swing, full full swing work mode, which is a fair difference. It's like, it's like four hours a night. Yeah, difference. It's significant. You know, and I, I can tell the difference. Like, I'm thinking more clearly. I can train better. Yeah. Um, it's just I'm not feeling tired. Mm. I don't I don't have to nap. Mm. Um, my mood mood's a lot better, but um, yeah, it's it's that's probably one thing I've taken away from from COVID is. Um, the appreciation of 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 sleep mm. and how much it affects you, but at to- like at time you know, I don't have a choice. You right. know what I mean, when you've got so much money to pay back, you got loans, and mm. you know your business, you, you know Which your staff member stress. can't, yeah, your staff member can't go to work, and you, have, you know you, you're, and you're trying to be better than you were yesterday. Mm. It's hard work, so it takes a bit out of you. Mm. Um. So, yeah, I definitely can't we, – we were talking – my business partner, Matt, and I, you know, we definitely can't keep going the way you're going. You can't get up at quarter past four every single morning. and
0: Not unless you're going to bed at like seven. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So... Um, yeah. Well, unless you want to run yourself into the ground. Well, that's right. Because <laughs> that is always an <laughs> that's option. A, that's yeah. an option. Do you want to have to sleep six hours, smash caffeine throughout the day, have <laughs> naps in the afternoon, eat too much because your hormones are out of balance, you can do that. You can do that. And in fact, it's probably good to do that to recognize you don't want to do that. Matt, exactly what I was talking about. you got to hit your lowest of lows <laughs> to then man. move forward. No. Totally.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, nah, but that's a it's definitely a valuable lesson I've learned. I need to- a- get a little bit more sleep and mm. how valuable it is. Mm. Sometimes I think like, why am I so tight? Oh, you know, I I'd, I'd never think, oh, could you get up at quarter past four,
0: you idiot. <laughs> exactly. Might have something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Three hours before the sun rises. Yeah, and you have four coffees, right. six coffees a day. Right, right. Yeah. You know? And so you can't go to sleep at so night. Get, yeah. Oh, no, I can go to sleep. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <laughs> nice. If uh, if people want to get in touch and learn more about body fit, Mm. Um, how do they do that I would say like I obviously own four studios so Paran South Yarra St Kilda and Richmond yeah
1: Um, so we've all got Instagram social media uh, Facebook Um, the easiest way is just go to our website uh, the main BFT website bodyfittraining.com fairly simple and then you can just search for whatever studio you like we've opened it's about fifty studios open around the world. They're wow. all ma- they're all mainly in um, in Australia. We've got one in Santa Monica, in US, Singapore, yeah. New Zealand, mm. um, and then the rest are all around Australia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can just search. You can see the ones that are coming soon.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and if yeah. they uh, if they wanted to train with you, with me, yeah, if they wanted to train with you, which one would they would they come to? Uh, i mainly. Tra- Coach and I manage Paran. My business partner manages South
1: Yarra. We've got a manager in at St Kilda and we have our other business partner that runs Richmond. So, I'm mainly looking after Paran. So, if you did want to come down and do a session with me, it would be at uh, Paran. I'll be, I'll be hanging around the Paran studio, sipping yeah. a coffee with red
0: eyes and giving people shit. At like 4.45. <laughs> <laughs> at four, at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> if people want to follow you or we'll learn a bit more
1: about you, Uh, Yeah, Instagram um, It's probably the the most social sort of um, public platform that I've got, which is the uh, Daniel B. Stewart. Yeah. Um, Can't say that I use a lot. Um, I put little posts up here and there, but um, if you want to contact me, I don't know why you would. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: Cool, man. Yeah, that would be it. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, mate. It's been a pleasure. Yes. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review and subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes.